You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. And all of us have seen this. When you have a family with parents who never feel bad for what they did, they have no conflict in their conscience with treating their kids poorly. Vulnerability is like impossible. They're not, they're not saying I messed up. The temptation is just to like put up the front and say, mom's got this all together. But I think that that's like the great deception of authority in general. And I think Jesus, when he came, you know, flipped the script on all of that. And he's like, actually, authority looks like serving and loving. We see this unbelievable power that he has, but he also shows a lot of grief and he doesn't hide it. And he doesn't try to say that he, he is stronger, but he's, he's not showing that kind of strength. Welcome to season five of the Family Discipleship Podcast. Unbelievable. Party time. Who knew? I didn't think we'd make it past season four and a half, but here we are. (laughs) Yeah, everyone said we couldn't do it. Everyone was saying that. The haters were out there. The haters were hating. Were they out there or were they in here? Oh, wow. Getting the vulnerable hater, right The away. haters were both in and out, <laughs> in, 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 inside, and they said we couldn't do it. But and what did say, we show? The, did we show the haters? No. Did the haters win? No, the haters are just, they're still out there. They forgot. Oh. <laughs> God's winning. They stopped listening. God's winning. That's fine. Hey, the voices you're hearing, uh, well, one, this is Adam Griffin. I'm here with my co-host. <laughs> Mrs. Cassie Bryan. How are you doing today, Cassie? Doing great. Good. It's been a great day. It really has been a great day. We're recording on a Sunday night, which means all of us have had a long day of church working or parenting. Our hearts are full. Hearts are very full. Very, very full. And of course, my lovely wife is here, Mrs. Chelsea Griffin. How are you doing today, Chelsea? Good. My cup is also running over. (laughs) That's good. Got peace like a river? Would you say? (laughs) Down in my soul. Okay, good. That's good. Do we need to take a break? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's like code for yeah. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's like polite Christian code for we my cup runneth over. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will say it's deceiving when we say season five. I was telling someone today that we were starting season five and they thought that meant we've been doing this for five years. Yeah, different. I was yep. like, no, we actually do a season a semester, which they were less impressed by. Like, oh, oh so just like two and a half years. Well, we could make every episode a season and then we could be like, oh. hey, this is, welcome to season 59. Yeah, this we can make it whatever right we want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this season is going to be different. I want to jump into that here in just a second. But first, we have a couple of exciting housekeeping items. First, I want to give a shout out to one of the people that gave us a shout out. Listen to this review left by Macy. She says, I can't speak highly enough. I've listened to a lot of parenting podcasts, and this is by far the best. She says, Cassie, Chelsea, and Adam, you have my deepest gratitude and admiration. It's evident that you guys speak, live, and love the truth of the Bible. I hope that encourages y'all as we get kicked off on season five. Thanks, Macy. Macy English, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I think it's different. There's a lot of Macy's. Yeah. Thanks for the love, Macy. little shout out to you. Thanks for your time. Speaking of a little opportunity to connect with listeners. Here's something special for season five. Who wants to make the announcement? Anybody? Let Cassie do it. Me? Yeah. Okay, you guys. We are going to do our very first ever, and hopefully many more. Well, maybe only ever. Maybe the only one ever. (laughs) 
live podcast recording yes. here in Dallas, Texas. Yes. Let's here we go. go. It's going to be great with an audience. We're, we're, all, we're actually always recording. You're all invited, but not all of you can come. Right. So we are having a uh, family discipleship podcast live with a limited audience on November 2nd in Dallas, Texas. We're going to host it at Eastside Community Church, and you can buy tickets. If you're listening to this on Labor Day 2023, I believe tickets went live at 6 a.m. today. That's Does right. that sound right, Cassie? That's exactly in right. In Texas, probably sold out. So it's probably, yeah, yeah, you might yeah be too it's late. over. Hopefully it is sold out I if you're listening all to this. 75 like a tickets. <laughs> Cassie's family's coming. Because I'm, no, I'm just so nervous about having an audience. I just went ahead and bought the whole room. Oh, that's great. But please do buy them there. Uh, I hope that you get a ticket. I hope you join us. It's going to be a great event. We've got special musical guests. Chelsea, you want to make that announcement? Yeah. Eric Nieder is going to be blessing us with his Woo. presence and singing some of his hits for us. And we are so excited to have him. Yeah. Eric Nieder, a Dallas musician, Dallas Christian recording artist. He is a great guy and he's going to join so us great. that night. We're going to record hopefully two episodes that night. One of our Vices and Virtues episode that we'll get into here in a second. Vices and Virtues, whatever I just said, mispronounced it. <laughs> and then we're also going to do a live Q&A that night. So we'll let uh, you guys who buy a ticket and come and join us that night. You're going to get to ask questions live. We'll answer them live. And then, of course, we'll edit them afterwards and take out yeah. anything inappropriate Maybe. Uh, that we might say. You guys you guys will be great, well-behaved, but you never know what we might do. So that night, November 2nd, you can find it on Eventbrite. You can find the details in the show notes. And we'll put this on our uh, Instagram, Facebook as well. So pick up a ticket, get it quick, bring a friend. Like I said, seats are limited, but we're really looking forward to it. November 2nd. It's going to be great. All right. Well, let's talk about season five. This is different than our other seasons. We're not having guests this fall where it's just me, Chelsea and Cassie awkwardly looking at each other and talking about how hard it is to lead our families and also maybe sometimes how easy it is. So this is the vices and virtues season. We're going to be all over the place a little bit. Some vices, you know, things that are difficult for us, things that are wrong for us to do, ways that we struggle with them. And then virtues, we've got, uh, let me give you, uh, Cassie and Chelsea, let me read you a couple of the episodes we've got coming up. We've got an episode on comparison, one on gratitude, one on shame, one on compassion, one on anxiety, one on boldness. I mean, and the list goes on. Anything stick out to you guys as you think about this season, vices and virtues? What are we looking forward to? What do you think is going to be particularly difficult? Uh, any Maybe this will help us cast vision a little bit of how this goes this season. I mean, I think I'm most looking forward to just having a conversation with two of my friends who I deeply respect about these things yeah. and being like, you know, we even said before we started recording, just getting to serve each other and that, and hopefully in that conversation, getting to bless our listeners to just hear three parents and people in ministry talk about how we wrestle with these things. Yeah. And then I'm currently reading a book on shame. So I'm excited to, to get to talk about that and, and hear great. some more about you guys. I feel like I wrote the book on shame. So I hope you're not reading. My- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chelsea, anything you're looking forward to this semester? Yeah. I'm excited to have these conversations. I think sometimes if someone like an important voice in our life says, you know, I'm going to talk about pride or anger, anxiety, and I'm, I'm going to talk about how I struggle with it. Um, sometimes we look for this encouragement of like, that will that will make me feel better if I hear someone else authentically say that they struggle too or tell stories about big mistakes. And I hope that we are really vulnerable and that we have a great conversation about those things. Um, but really, I hope that whether we're talking about a vice that we all struggle with or a virtue, that we don't want to be 
prideful in, yeah. even if, you know, for walking well in it. Uh, my, my real hope is that in the end, our listeners are just pressed so much to rejoice in the hope that we have in Christ. Amen. Because if we are walking well in something, that can lead to pride. If we are struggling hard with, with a vice or something that just really has a grip on us, um, it can be so tempting to fall into shame. And so we just want to press our listeners to put all their hope in Christ and to say, none of us have to do this perfectly because someone has gone before us, lived perfectly, and so we can be encouraged. And in the meantime, we can try. We can have great effort. And so that's what the conversations are going to be about, right? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of a formula that we plan on taking in each episode. Each episode, we're going to be talking through a different kind of one-word topic. Like, for instance, next week, we'll talk about comparison. And as we're talking about comparison, we'll start by kind of sharing where each of us have struggled in the area of comparison, either struggled as a parent or just as an individual or as a spouse. And then we'll talk through maybe some ways that we see strength. So think about it. We'll talk struggles, then we'll talk strengths. Where do we see comparison going really well? Or when do we feel like when can we think of an example where, man, I wish all my experiences were like that one? Because that time, I think it went really well. And then we'll turn to the scripture. So we'll go struggles, strengths, then scripture. And we'll talk about what does God have to say about this? And hopefully that'll be the most edifying part of everything we've got. Because that word, that will not pass away. Cassie and Chelsea and I, we can ramble and we can chat. But if we can get to the word of God in every episode on each one of these vices and virtues, I think that's going to be the biggest blessing for every parent that's willing to listen and then we'll end with kind of a so what section. So it's struggle, then strength, then scripture, then so what. And what does that mean for us as parents trying to lead our home spiritually going forward? And I think every one of these episodes, I, I look forward to this because I look forward to being ministered to by Cassie and Chelsea. I expect that I'm going to be challenged by some of the things you say. And I also expect that this season is going to be a blessing in its uh, kind of raw, honest, truth-sharing, empathetic parenting stories. Because I know the the two women I'm sitting next to you right now, and you guys are not afraid of getting behind any kind of like facade that pretends that you guys are the best parent around or the, the strongest, the smartest, the wisest. I think this is going to be really, really, really helpful. And I look forward to kind of falling on my sword and every one of these vices and virtues, you know, <laughs> there's not a vice here that I haven't struggled with and not a virtue here that I haven't struggled with. So I think it's going to be a good season. Uh, of, of really pointing people to Christ. So now what I didn't tell you, ladies, so now that we've introduced the topic, now I'm going to tell you which topic we're going to discuss, discuss on this episode. Cassie and Chelsea do not know, but I think this will make all the sense in the world to you. Our first vice or virtue, whatever you want to call it. I think it'd be great if we could kick off the season by talking about vulnerability. Aww. Vulnerability. Vices and virtues season. Let's talk about vulnerability. So if we could spend a couple minutes here just talking with each other, like where has vulnerability been a struggle? But before we jump into that, maybe a little word association. Chelsea, when I say vulnerability, what kind of comes to mind for you definition-wise or association-wise? What do you think about when we say vulnerability? I think about authentic and I think about um, transparent. Authentic and transparent. That's good. Cassie, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I think I agree with those two words. I think vulnerability implies a sense of helplessness, maybe. Okay. Like, you know, you think about the vulnerable being widows and orphans. That's and, like good. you can't help your state. But then putting yourself in a place of what might seem helpless or like kind of putting you in the weaker place yeah. in a conversation is to expose and be authentic, to kind of put yourself as the least of these or does that make sense? In a lowlier position. Yeah. Like you choose well, vulnerability. One of the words you just mentioned is the word I think of really quickly. When I think of it in a negative connotation, 
No, of course, there's a scriptural positive connotation, but weakness is what mm -hmm. I think about. When you think about vulnerable, you're thinking about, I am kind of revealing my weakness. Yeah. I'm showing my weakness. And at the same time, vulnerability also can have a positive connotation that means like, I am willing to be honest. Mm -hmm. And we associate vulnerability a lot with like, is that person willing to show you the real you? And if they're not, then they're showing you an invincible version of themselves that we all would agree has to be false, has to be hypocritical. Every one of us has weakness. Every one of us has need. So let's talk for a couple of minutes about vulnerability as a struggle. So think about it like this. Maybe particularly as a parent, have you seen vulnerability, uh, the ability to be honest, transparent, to display your own weakness, been difficult for you? What comes to mind for you as you've interacted with your kids? And I'm happy to go first here because I'll tell you honestly, I don't think I have as much of a hard time displaying weakness to my kids because I, I feel like I can almost, honestly, this is totally honest. I feel like I can kind of control a little bit more the way my kids think about me and what they say to other people about me. It's almost like I... I control the narrative a little mm, bit more in our yeah. relationship than I do in vulnerability with Chelsea. Like I so hate looking like a fool in the eyes of my wife that sometimes it is really hard for me to say, here's, here's something I did today that was really foolish or here's something that I'm, I'm struggling with that I can't figure out. I want her to hear my greatest hits. I want her to know my wins. I don't love to, to be like, hey, you'll never guess what's really hard for me right now or where I'm struggling, unless maybe in my own pride, I can share a weakness that will uh, endear myself to her. You know, like it's always, I'm yeah. always trying to be endearing. It's like I'm still fighting for affirmation in most relationships and it's maybe especially in my marriage. And this is nothing on Chelsea. This is all on me. It's just, it's harder for me sometimes to feel like she thinks I'm weak and be okay. So let's just take a turn here, Cassie. And if you wouldn't mind just counseling us for a while, <laughs> how do I convince him that I never think he's a fool? Oh. How do I convince him? I, I never think, think well, that. I don't think the problem is you, right? The problem is his own perception. Like it's the perception of yeah, himself. Yeah, so can you fix it is what no, I'm saying? <laughs> that's not my job. Because I never think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, he's, I'm he, unfixable. He, he is permanently endeared to me. Oh, that's sweet. But I, I do think. <laughs> Look at him. See how he does not receive he it? He can't. He just moves. That's nice. You that's know. Sweet. Yeah. This I, is what like, I let, we should have deflection in here as one of our vices. In yes. <laughs> we say something nice and just like, okay, yeah. But or you know who self, really did something great? Like self-deprecation. Self-effacing. Yeah. Self yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I do think vulnerability is something that uh, when, it, when I think about where I struggle, where I am weak with weakness, if you want to say it like that. Yeah. I would say it's in relationships where I care the most about somebody's perception. And I do think that applies to my family discipleship as well, to leading our kids well. I think a lot about like what will their memories be of our spiritual leadership and what will the impact be of the things I'm saying. So in the moments where vulnerability is an asset, I'm like, oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And in the moments where weakness feels like, oh, this would really display something that doesn't uh, reflect well on me, I'm much more inclined to pass through it, pass over it, not mention it. What about for you, Chelsea? Any struggles around vulnerability? Yeah, I think something that that we definitely encourage parents with in, in family discipleship is that, like, you know, you're going to make mistakes. And so, you know, don't hesitate as a parent to, like, apologize to your children, repent, ask your children for forgiveness right. when if you lose your temper or, or you're unkind or or something— 
And I'm like, I'm happy to encourage people to do that all day long. That's great. But I'll say that it is, it's not easy for me. And I'm more likely to just, yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to say that to my kids. Why do you think that is? Why don't you want to say it? I, I, I generally don't want to like, yeah, I don't want to tell them I messed up, even though they know. And like, you know, it's not that it never happened, that I never am able to have that conversation, but it's, it is very tempting for me just to like move on quickly. Like if I, if I speak to them with a very impatient tone and then, you know, one of our kids will be like, well, you seem upset, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm like, well, yeah, you guys, you know, did the, you know, blame them kind of when I should be saying, Hey, no one should speak to you like that. Yeah. Just slow down and stop and say, hey, mom's sorry. And it's not that hard. And our kids are always like so understanding, which True. it doesn't matter what the response is. It's still the right thing to do. But what I'm saying is it just, it doesn't seem that hard, but I, I think that I'm not very vulnerable as much as I could be with them when I, when I make a mistake. Do you think it has to do with the fact that like in the dynamic of the relationship, you're in a position of power as a parent? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, sure. In the position of a kid who can't. Yeah, that's exactly, like, I don't have to say sorry. Yeah. You know, but I should, and I know it's going to be fine. So I don't, I don't really, I don't know what's between me and and being able to do that all the time. Uh, But I I think a lot of times I, I really don't feel like it. Like if it's my frustration that I need to apologize for or my tone of voice, well, I don't feel like it because I'm frustrated, right? You well, know, because they did something that. Yeah, that's what I'm you. saying. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Their, it's their fault. I'm an, uh, I'm an well, expert honestly, at blaming. So. It's a good example of the kind of parental hypocrisy we walk in all the time, where we would make totally. our kids apologize whether they feel it or not. Yeah. But we would kind of feel like, well, I'm not going to apologize if I don't actually uh, feel contrite. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. so, unless I feel like saying sorry, I don't own my negative actions. And when you have, and all of us have seen this, when you have a family with parents who never feel bad for what they did, they have no conflict in their conscience with treating their kids poorly, vulnerability is like impossible. Right. They're not they're not saying I messed up yeah. because I never feel like they messed up. That's a problem. What about for you, Cassie? <laughs> is vulnerability ever a struggle? Yeah, I mean, I think it's becoming increasingly so as my kids get older. So it felt like maybe easier when they were two and it was like, oops, you know, like, look, mom made a mistake and did this or I don't know, because you're like teaching them about mistakes. But then as you kind of need to exert your authority a little bit more and as they become more cognitively aware and maybe, like, honestly, my kids are probably going to all three be smarter than me at some point. (laughs) And so then there's this awkward, well, it will be all of our stories, right? Like we will all need their help at some point probably as we even get older. And so there's this kind of flip. It's not going to happen anytime soon. My oldest daughter's 10. But there is going to be this flip in our relationship where I'm no longer the expert in yeah. certain things or can open a, the jar of jam or whatever it is, you know? And so I think it's the, it's the, like, I'm in this place of authority, but I'm imperfect. But if I show weakness, then will they respect me? Yeah. And will they mm-hmm. come to me for advice if I say I don't know too many times or whatever it is? And so I think it's, the temptation is just to, like, put up the front and say, you know, mom's got this all together and you can, mm-hmm. you know, count on me to, like, fix something or know the answer all of those things. But I think that that's like the great deception of authority in general. And I think Jesus, when he came, you know, flipped the script on all of that. And totally. like, actually we, authority looks like serving and loving. And yeah. Of, yeah. Describes himself as gentle and lowly. Right. right. Philippians too. Yeah. Right. The greatest version of humility we've ever seen and not lording his authority, not reminding right. people that he has all the power, that he right. has all the knowledge, all the wisdom. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think there's a temptation in me to like, like you're saying, like to have the advice for your kids or the solution for your kids to be seen as really competent, um, like a tiny bit of a savior complex that instead of constantly showing them how much I need a savior, how much they need a savior, wanting in some scenarios to be that for them rather than the Lord himself. And more than anything, they really, they don't want us to have the answers or they don't want us to be perfect. They just want us to love them. Yeah. You know, they really just want our delight and our attention. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set it's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, FAMILY10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Well, where do you guys feel like, uh, it, to shift gears to strengths a little bit, where has the willingness to maybe to, to show emotion to your kids, to show how you genuinely feel to your kids, or to be demonstrate your weakness to them, where do you feel like that's gone well? Can you think of examples in, in leading your family where the willingness to say, this is how I feel right now, even if it's a negative emotion, or uh, the willingness to say, this is where I, I'm weak right now, has been a strength of yours? Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple good moments lately. We've had, I mean, I was on sabbatical and I got to do some counseling. In my very first session, I was walking out the door. I was like, hey, I'm going to counseling. And later that day, Maven asked, uh, wait, were you going to counsel someone or were you going to be counseled? Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of this idea of like, wait, you need a counselor? What do you think? What are you trying to say, Maven? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no. And so I kind of like was able to outline like, here are the things I'm hoping to work on this summer while I have the time. Mm -hmm. And and that's what counselors are for. And it was just like a really sweet opportunity for us to get to connect and for me to show her like, mom needs help too. Like outside of even just our pastors or your dad or my friends, it's like, I'm, I'm going to go and get professional help for this. And so that was a really, I think, sweet time. And I hope I hope that showed her like, okay, 
it's okay to go to see a counselor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think in times of grief, it's just been like, you know, like grief is a, can be like a, an unwieldy beast. Yeah. And, you know, like it just, you never know when it's going to hit or, and so I think for them to know it's okay to cry if there's something at a grocery store that reminds you of, or like, you know, it's like, it, I don't know. So that's one of the strong emotions that can come on in an instant. You yeah. can feel shame or want to hide it. But I think instead, you know, I've been able to just show them like, nope, that just comes. You're going to have to lean into the wave. And yeah. you're showing them a genuine human mother who yeah. like, she feels experiences feels. grief. She doesn't have to yeah. hide it from her kids and say, no, I'm stronger than that. She says, no, sometimes mom is sad. Yeah. It's okay to cry. We're really yeah. championing that in our house. Well, I think about how, how much of the Bible is lament and yeah. God is very comfortable with lament. I mean, yeah. that is, is the psalmist sometimes just saying, this is so sad. And there's a whole book called Lamentations, just like Jerusalem. It's it's vacant. This yeah. is so sad. And then longing for Jesus on the... Amen. Mm-hmm. Like all, the whole Old Testament is prophets going yeah. like, one day he's coming. And they're yeah. all, like Peter would say like, but when? Yeah. You know, they were all wondering, but when will he be here? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a privilege to look back now and say, oh, that's when he was, that's what he was doing. But there's a lament in the Bible is very common. And it's okay for us to say like, no, it's, there are some things in this life that make mom and dad really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to hide that from you. Yeah. Jesus is the man of sorrows. Yeah. 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 What do you think of for you, Chelsea, when you think about just uh, strong points around vulnerability, which maybe is a, I don't know, oxymoronic, but. I can cry in front of our kids. <laughs> when it's Prove their fault. It. Or <laughs> when they make me so mad, I'm like, this is sad. <laughs> you want to see me cry? Keep it up. <laughs> I collected I a bucket so of tears. I at you. You're not even going to want to go to school tomorrow. No, uh, it's not uncommon for me to cry during uh, worship at church or um, other times and I don't, I don't seek to hide that from our kids or in times of grief. And at a funeral last summer, I remember me and Gus just like kind of balled up together, crying together, just yeah. both of us just weeping. Yeah. And I love that in Gus, that he's so tender too. Like, and, and the real or truth is not to say like, I'm good at not hiding it. It's really that I don't have a choice. Because mm, you're wearing it on your sleeve. Yeah, because... I cry all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I think we're the feel, we're the feeler. Well, well you're pretty feely too. Uh, oh, thanks, Cassie. I am very feely. <laughs> but uh, vulnerability is not just are you willing to cry in front of your kids. Right. It's are you allowing them to see the way you truly feel, right? Mm-hmm. And it does not just sadness. There was um, a time recently at our church that there was something extremely difficult going on. I was feeling very stressed out, not sleeping well at night. And while we didn't share every detail with our kids, there was a version of that that I am sharing with our kids that we are not hiding to say, here's what's been really hard and here's what's going on. And here's why this person is stopping over. And this is why dad's not going to be home at the same time he normally comes home. And we're not hiding those things, our, our emotions, at least from our kids. Or, you know, there, there's a temptation to me to hide anger from God, to say, I will get this sorted out and then I can pray about it. But I'm learning some too, to say like, God, God knows how I feel and he's not afraid of my emotions. And while I don't want to scare my kids uh, with, you know, any like loud emotions, angered emotions that need to be sorted or processed, they are not my, you know, my coping mechanism. I do want to let my kids in on what it looks like for a man to face whatever situation or emotion I'm facing. Yeah. And I feel like that is a strength in our household in the sense that we can sort through out loud and talk through what our family is going through without saying, don't worry about it or 
leave us alone. We do have uh, at least one of our kids who feels like he's always got one ear into whatever conversation Chelsea oh, and I yeah. are having. <laughs> so we have to be cautious too, to say like, are, are we able to process yeah. the two of us in a way that, you know, excludes or should include our kid appropriately? But I do think vulnerability in our house, there are a lot of strong suits. There are a lot of times where we're willing to say, this is what we're feeling and what's going on. Uh, certainly there's positive emotions. I think that we have the strength of sharing with our kids when we are really overjoyed and really happy. We don't we don't shun our kids and say, go to your room. Mom and dad are really enjoying uh, our lives. And so we <laughs> want to do this without you. No, we invite our kids into what's fun, our anniversary. We invite our kids into celebrating our marriage. There's, there's feelings we share with them there. But uh, I don't think our kids would have any misconceptions about our weaknesses. They know. They know that mom and dad are not perfect. Yeah. And they know that mom and dad struggle. Well, you guys have already kind of alluded to some of the things that the, this reminds you of in Scripture. When it, let's think about for a second, if a parent came to you and said, why, why should I be vulnerable around my kid? Where would you take them in the word of God to say, let me tell you why, why, or where we see a version of this. that's really beautiful. What comes to mind for you? The story of Jesus and the woman at the well is one that I've chewed on some this summer. We were, I was at a retreat and the speaker talked about that story and kind of just briefly made a point about him leading with his need. Like mm. his, his first like thing was I'm thirsty do you, like, can I have water? You know, and so like leading with his humanity. Just been thinking about like that gave him an, like a access to and a way of relationship before he just kind of came to her with what he had to offer her in terms of salvation and forgiveness and a new life. And so I think if we are meant to be like conduits of grace to our kids, then to lead with that need and point them through that need to the one who meets it in Christ, then it's like we can be kind of, we can lead them in vulnerability the way that That's interesting. That. So it's almost like saying, like, just leading with, I'm not okay. I need something right now like, to do. Yeah, like I'm human. And mm. this is what humanity looks like and what our need for Christ looks like. And you're human too. So, you know, like, yeah, we can mutually encourage each other in that. Yeah. I'm not comparing my daughters to the woman at the well. I'm just... <laughs> talking about that example in scripture. 10 years old and already had five husbands. Three daughters. That's 15 husbands. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of dowries. Uh, But no, and I think it's more of just that, like leading with in the humanity and and admitting there was a need at all, you know, I mean, he's king of kings. Yeah. Yeah. That is one of the craziest thing about the incarnation is that we see God say like, I I need something. Yeah. Uh, Obviously God doesn't have any needs, but physically incarnate Jesus, who's 100% man. Yeah. Feels pain. Feels thirst. Yeah. 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 Don't you wish there was so much more in scripture about Jesus's toddler years? I yeah. mean, like diaper changing. I need to know. I don't need to know about diaper changing, but I would I like just, to know like, about. He inevitably had his bottom wiped, yeah. is my point. Wow. Okay. We got to strike <laughs> that from the record. That's. No, but I do wonder that's about. That's like, like incredibly humble and I, vulnerable yes. to like making yourself a baby is one thing, but like. Mm. I don't know. I mean, being picked up and carried around by, I don't know. It's fed. It's Yeah, it's, it feels like too much. You're right. I imagine like once he's a kid, he's pretty independent, right? But as a baby, he's truly, truly dependent. Yeah. Yeah. And God made himself that way. Yeah. To relate to us in all our vulnerabilities. It's wild. All our weaknesses. What other uh, scripture come to mind for you, Chelsea? I think about Jesus' response when Lazarus dies mm. um, before he raises him from the dead. Yeah. 
And some of y'all who've listened for a while may remember um, an author we had on our podcast, David Thomas, who wrote a book called Emotionally, emotionally Strong Children. Or Emotionally boys. Strong Boys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. In that book, he just talked about like the emotional spectrum of Christ. And that was really powerful to me, I mean, an encouragement to me. And so I think as parents, we go, we have the opportunity like Cassie said, just show the weakness yeah. and, and encourage our children that we have this perfect Father God who loves us and cares for us. And so you don't have to hide anything. You don't have to put up a false front. Not everyone is safe, but but certainly some people are to show all of our weaknesses and our emotions. But we just, we see that so well in Christ that he is, he one moment he is calming the waves and the wind, um, commanding them, and they obey him. So we see this unbelievable power that he has, but he also shows a lot of grief, and he doesn't hide it, and he doesn't try to say that he he is stronger, but he's he's not showing that kind of strength, you know? And that grief right there, too, he knows that he's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Right. So it's almost like confusing, right? Where you're like, why is he so sad when he knows it's about to be so happy? And it's like, oh, death is so sad. Even though we know that death is not forever. Right. We know that death does not last. We know that Christ conquers death. It's still grievous. Think about him crying over Jerusalem. Do you remember that moment where he cries over Jerusalem and says, oh, how many times you had the opportunity and you killed the prophets and I wanted to gather you like chicks under a hen, you know? He's just weeping over Jerusalem. But he didn't just cry though. He was also like open with his emotions. I love, you know, we could talk about Jesus a lot. One of the verses that comes to mind to me though, too, is Paul, when he talks about weakness, he says, when I am weak, then I am strong because, because Christ's strength. It's mm-hmm. like, this is, this is what's so unique about maybe the way Christians think about vulnerability as compared to the rest of the world is, is, is maybe especially in our parenting is the rest of the world would say like, what's our goal? Be strong, do yeah. it right. Yeah. And we would say, oh, no, 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 no. Our goal is that even in our weakness, our kids would see how strong our God is. Yeah. That this is what this is why vulnerability is so important for the Christian parent, is that it's going to point our kids not to how mom and dad can solve everything, but how mom and dad are also a person under authority. Mom and dad are also a son or a daughter. And they, just like you, need Jesus. Because where I am weak, I boast in my weakness. Boast in my weakness. Why? Because that's going to give me an opportunity to point people to Jesus and how much I need him too. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think about when I think about vulnerability in my parenting is I want, I want vulnerability to be something that points kids to Christ, not just impresses them with like, look how honest dad is being. No, it's like, wow, my dad, my dad needs Jesus. I think all of us know stories of people or have lived stories of people where their parents refuse to admit they did something wrong or own what they did to them in their childhood or go to see counseling. Like you're talking about, Cassie, just go to counseling and process your stuff because they feel like that would be admitting there must be something seriously wrong with me. I would never go do that. But in our generation, we're a little bit more comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. We're much quicker to say, no, I'm I'm happy to, to work this out with somebody out loud. And part of that, I think, is so healthy to say, no, I'm, I'm a person who needs authority. I'm a person who needs mentoring and discipleship. We had a membership class this afternoon at Eastside, and one of the questions in the Q&A at the end of our membership class, somebody just asked, uh, asked me about what does mentoring and discipleship look like for me and the other elders? And I was so honored by that question to say, even in our church, they're going, are the people who are in authority over our church under authority? And what does that look like yeah. for them? And I want my kids to know that about me. And I see that in the Apostle Paul, who, while he was, man, that guy— 
he ruled the roost as far as missionaries go. He was very, very accomplished. He would still call himself the least of the saints and the chief of sinners, and he yeah. walked in a lot of humility. And I think vulnerability and humility often walk hand in hand because yeah. it's your willingness to say, I need, I have a need. Yeah. I need God. Yeah. Anything else come to mind for you guys from the scripture? I mentioned Philippians 2. Yeah, the attitude of Christ. Uh, I think about the people that God called on in the Old Testament that were like, no, not me. Huh. It's kind of funny to think about. But when God's going like, I choose you, this is a big job, come do it. And, you know, in our world, we love a promotion. We love a title. You know, we love those things. But there's some people in the scripture that like speak back to God and say, I'm actually not good at this. And he shows us it's really... It's not about your qualities. It's about my choice that I've chosen you, and I'm actually the one that qualifies you. Um, and there are so many prophets, you know, that where God says, go there and say this anyways, no matter the response, no matter how it goes. Like, I'm not looking at you for your effectiveness. Yeah. I'm asking for your faith, for your trust, for your obedience. I'm asking you to go do it. And so I think that is a good reminder of our opportunity that we can even say to God. Yeah. I, I don't think I can handle this. I'm not good enough for oh, this. I've been there. Yeah. Chelsea, I don't think you realize how gold what you just said yeah. was. That was awesome. Yeah. But God is not asking for my effectiveness. He's asking me to be faithful. That is so good. I need to hear that. And you're right. We do see that in the we see that in Moses, right? Who's like, well, I'm not a good speaker. Yeah. So yeah. you surely want somebody else to do this. We see that in Ezekiel, where yeah. he says, like, you're gonna go tell these people, and they are rebellious. Yeah. They are not going to listen to you yeah. and you're going to tell them anyway. Yeah. And that them. is such a good word for the parent who's going, no, I've tried. I've tried to disciple my kids. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I've tried to parent them well. And yeah. you go, yeah. And God's asking you to try again, to mm -hmm. be faithful at this work, to not give up on it. He's not saying, hey, be more effective, be more effective. That's the, the perfectionist pressure that we put on ourselves yeah. that leads to shame or pride. That is not biblical. Mm -mm. But to say, like, I want to be faithful in what God's asked me to, regardless of the response of my rebellious children, I'm going to get up and try again tomorrow. That is a sweet word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really good. In fact, that's a that's probably a great place to say just so what for parents is mm -hmm. going forward. If, if the scripture's talking about, you know, I'm thinking about that moment in Paul's life where he struggled and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. He said, the thorn in the flesh. He says, and I think graciously, God doesn't explain to us exactly what the thorn in the flesh was. But Paul's saying, I've struggled. I've asked three times for it to go away and it didn't. And so what did the Lord say to me? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Mm -hmm. That my expectation was not, hey, Paul, you had a problem. Don't worry, we're gonna make you perfect. No, perfection's coming for us in the next life. But in this life, it's God's power that's made perfect in weakness. And I think if we're parents trying to maybe um, build this muscle to, to strengthen this virtue of vulnerability, then what it's going to look like is the willingness to admit, the humility to say it's true. I need God as much as you do to my kids and to where I see myself fall short, point it out and say, hey, you guys probably saw this in me too. That was not right. Yeah. I've done that driving with our kids before where they, they'll say something like, Dad, you're talking to the other drivers a lot. And I'll say, <laughs> oh, well, uh, the other drivers need talking to. You know, I, need to, I don't have time to pull them over and explain to them uh, the laws, but I'll explain <laughs> to my kids like, Dad, Dad is not treating everyone fairly on the road. Like everybody needs grace, including the guy who just cut us off or didn't know how to yield sign would work. But yeah, I, th I think there's a, there's a strength there for me that I need to, to strengthen as well. But being honest with my kids... Anything you guys think of, like, what would what a bless a parent if you were giving them a, a, a parting piece of advice to say, here's, here's why I think vulnerability should be part of your home when it comes to spiritual leadership? I think I would probably 
would offer just a word of wisdom or caution of like be measured in what you're inviting your kids into and yeah. not to burden them with something. So like don't overcorrect maybe and yeah, yeah, we're we're not saying make the make the child your new counselor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just just making that. Yeah, say like, come fix mommy. So if you're married, you know, you and your spouse talk about this. If this is a if this is a something that doesn't come natural for you guys, and some things that you would like to implement, or some opportunities for you to confess weakness. But yeah, don't don't overcorrect. It would be the word of caution. Yeah, at we first. don't want codependent relationships with your children. Yeah, where they're right. your confidant. No. Yeah, we've all right. watched Gilmore Girls. It's like we haven't all watched it, but that's okay. I'm just kidding. I also have not watched it. All I know is that they talk really fast and never let any space come become. And there's a ton of codependency between the mother and daughter. Oh, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. You hate to see it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We don't have to um, make the kid into our counselor or become codependent with them. Um, We're just trying to disciple them in what it looks like to be honest with ourselves, with others, and before God. Yeah. That's the discipleship aspect is that we don't have to fake anything in our faith. A lot of other faiths have some sort of ritual, um, some things that are just rote memorization, things that you have to do because you have to do it. And in our faith, as we follow Christ, we don't have to fake anything. That's great. There's freedom there. Yeah, there's freedom that comes with being honest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people will make, I love what Cassie's talking about, overcorrection. Some people will use the excuse of being honest to say something they shouldn't and say, well, I'm just being honest. That's not what we're saying. But I do think there's a huge advantage to being honest with yourself and being honest with your kids about what's really going on in your life in a way that helps them grow, knowing that they will one day also be an imperfect person. Yeah. Uh, they are an imperfect person, but they'll grow to be a man or a woman. And part of you training them on how to deal with that is letting them see what that looks like in your life. Well, friends, thanks for listening to our first episode of season five. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Please join us at our live show November 2nd in Dallas. Tickets are live now. We love you listeners. Can't wait to see you next week.